Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code JOHN. New customers can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code J-O-H-N. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, one no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash promos for deposit, wagering, and eligibility restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. How are we doing? I was going to just do a long mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram fire in those DMs. I'm still going to do that, but turns out we had some pretty big news today. Steve Wilkes, the 49ers defensive coordinator, was fired. We got to dive into that. Why he was fired, some names out there. Obviously, there's a guy, uh, William Belichick and Mike Vrabel. Could those guys, is there any amount of money that, that Kyle could get those guys to accept the job? I mean, basically be a one-year deal. Would those fit? And then a couple thoughts on, on dynasties and how they're healthy for sports. I wanted to react to everything that I'm sure if you're on social media, you saw some of the clips of the waste management 
and just when events kind of jumped the shark in terms of rowdiness. And a uh, couple thoughts there. But like I said, we'll also have a big mailbag. And this will be the last podcast of the week just to take a couple days to uh, gather ourselves after a long season. Uh, I'm kind of spent. I'm sure the people working on this podcast, from James to Christian to Adam, we've got a lot of guys that do a lot of work here. Just take a couple days to take a deep breath and and relax. And then we will hit the ground running. Plan is to go to the Combine here in a couple weeks, and we'll just just keep firing all cylinders. Uh, I put it on Instagram and on Twitter, some of my golf bets for Riviera. I was like, you know, I'll take the week off. Then I realized, I'm not taking the week off. Uh, the only way to battle back after some of my big football losses is to keep on swinging, and that, that's what we will do. So uh, Cam Young, Ludwig are guys I, I'm sprinkled top fives, top tens tend to win. But Jason Day, too, he's had a lot of success here, top ten guy. Up right now on the uh, on the old internet streams. You can find it on social media. It's just my name, all the social media. I just use Instagram and Twitter. But other than that, if you listen on Colin's feed, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, as well as our YouTube channel. We put all this stuff video-wise up on the YouTube channel, which is just three and out. Uh, John Middlecoff, fire in there. We'll have some golf videos as the, as the summer and spring fires on us and the sun comes out as well. We've got some, got some ideas in the hopper. But before we dive in, let's tell you about my friends. And they happen to be my friends and the official ticketing app of this podcast, Game Time. Game time is very, very easy to use. Just go to your smartphone, go to your iPad, and download the app. When you do, you want to go to a game. The NCAA tournament is right around the corner. You want to go to spring training in Florida, in Arizona. I highly recommend it. Went for spring training last year for the first time in my life. It's freaking awesome. Very chill. Get outside, get some sun, enjoy yourself. We'll do it on us. Download that app, buy a pair of promo code JOHN. That's J-O-H-N. Promo code John, J-O-H-N, get $20 off, enjoy yourself a pair of tickets. Steve Wilkes fired. Let me start by saying this. I think he would have been fired whether they won or lost the game on Sunday. I truly believe that. I don't think the outcome of the game determined his fate. I think he would have been fired in the middle of the season when Kirk Cousins looked like Peyton Manning, when Joe Burrow, I I was in Vegas. I went out with Greg Papa, who's the voice of the 49ers. He's done done it for like five years. Before that, he was the voice of the Raiders for over two decades. This guy has been watching football games live for over two and a half decades as a broadcaster. He and I, I, I've been going to these games a lot less longer than him, and he said it's the best game he's ever seen live. Joe Burrow. It was incredible. It was, it's easily one of the better quarterback games I've ever seen on television. I wasn't at the game. Steve Wilkes was getting shredded. And I'll never forget, in the middle of the season, Kyle Shanahan, they made him come from the booth down to the sideline. And I said, this thing is not going to end well. And then a couple weeks ago, before the Super Bowl, Ben Johnson looked like Mike Shanahan meets Kyle Shanahan meets Andy Reid and was absolutely carving him up. It was over. It, it, it really was. And listen, Kyle Shanahan has, has hired three defensive coordinators. Robert Sala, D'Amico Ryans, and Steve Wilkes. He's two for three, right? If he was a professional baseball player, he'd be the greatest hitter of all time. If he was a hedge fund manager, he'd be one of the richest investors of all time. Two for three is not bad. 
Like, you are not going to go 100% on hiring coaches. He missed. He, he simply missed. Once D'Amico left, they didn't have anyone on the staff to promote. Uh, you get credit for D'Amico, who started for him as a quality control coach and went on to be a stud head coach. But they hired Steve Wilkes, and it backfired. He wasn't good enough. Period, point blank, end of story. This is also not an easy job. right? You're not taking over the Jags. You're not taking over the Minnesota Vikings. The expectation here is simple. Win the biggest games in January and attempt to win the Super Bowl. And they were winning the games in January, holding on for dear life. right? And it's not all his fault. And I, I see this scapegoating. It's not scapegoating. Kyle needs to be better too. But Steve Wilkes was not good enough. This was not a sustainable problem that was going to get fixed this offseason and moving forward. They had to pull the trigger and they had to pull the trigger now. Now we'll get into some of the potential you know, guys that could fill this spot. But Steve Wilkes wasn't coming back for the 49ers in 2024, probably in like week 10, let alone the Super Bowl situation, right? But let's face it, in that game, Kyle was not perfect by any means. Steve Wilkes, as the game went on, was the mark. And Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes ran circles around him. Now listen, his whole thing is, you know, he's a little bit more of a blitz-heavy guy that clearly made Kyle uncomfortable. Here's the problem with blitzing. Steve Spagnola blitzes. They work. Steve Wilkes was blitzing. They weren't even close to getting home. I don't think anyone, any coach, has an issue with a quote-unquote blitz. Do they fucking work? Steve Wilkes's did not. In the Super Bowl, he wasn't close to touching the quarterback. Led to enormous plays. When Spags blitzed, he annihilated the quarterback. He annihilated the offense. Why? Obviously, he's a much better coach. But like, I don't feel any sympathy. I'm sure some of the radical takes that you'll see over the next 24 hours will be outrageous. You can mark that in the, in the bag. But I don't feel bad for guys getting paid seven figures to go away. I mean, the, the average coordinator in the NFL defense is making 2 or $3 million. So usually signs a multi-year contract. Like, a lot of guys, a lot of coaches in the sport of football, I mean, are are running a pretty good scam. I'm not saying Steve Wilkes is some awful coach, but, I mean, I, 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 listen, this move had to happen. And when you think about this, the, the 49ers are not the New England Patriots, right? Kyle is the boss. He's the guy at the top of the hierarchy. But when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, This isn't just Belichick not listening to anyone doing whatever he wants. Kyle Shanahan would not have made this move if Fred Warner and Nick Bosa thought this guy was good. Now, I'm not saying they went into his office and said fire the guy. But if they were clearly on board with him and believers in him, Steve Wilkes would be the coach. I said this at the time when the team was falling apart in the middle of the season. They lost three straight games and Steve Wilkes was getting worked. Players don't believe in this guy. They're out on everything that's going on. And when I meant that, I meant they're star players. I'm not talking the role players. I don't care about them. You are led by your highest paid elite Pro Bowl level guys. And they happen to have two of the better players in the league, in Warner and Nick Bosa. Now, I'm not saying they dislike the guy, but this league's about executing at the highest level against Ben Johnson, against Andy Reid, against the best schemes, against the best offensive players. And there's a small percentage of guys that can do it. And for Nick Bosa and Fred Warner and the rest of the guys on that defense, they just had clearly one of the best defensive coordinators in the league, in D'Amico Ryans, for two seasons. 
Even Robert Sala, who I don't even think was as good as D'Amico, was pretty damn good. So they know what it looks like. And when you get a guy who's not as good, listen, anyone in any industry, whether you change jobs, whether you start working with someone new, you know right away, like, yeah, this guy's not as good as the other guy I worked for, or damn, this guy's way better. We're all human beings. Anything professionally, anyone worth their salt, you're constantly judging and evaluating the people you're working with. Are they good enough? Can we get to the next level? Can we make more money? Can we take our company from X to Y? Can we double revenue? Can we figure out this product, this you know, computer, whatever it may be, right? And these guys know the highest level because that's what D'Amico was. I, he's a top five defensive coordinator in the league. And like I said, going two for three in a lot of industries, you're a Hall of Famer, you're a super rich guy. But for this, Kyle Shanahan, it, it was... It hurts, right? And I think, like I said, right move. What does he do now? Now, listen, I'm not naive, ignorant, fanboy enough to just act like, oh, go, go land Belichick. But I will say this. I don't believe Kyle when he said that he slept on it the last couple nights and decided to relieve him of his duties this morning. Like I said, you guys know where I stand. I, I think this decision was made two months ago. It was already in his head. Because I've been there. So have you. When you stop believing in someone you're working with and you have any authority, it's hard to come back from that. And they do more and more things to lose your trust. Kyle Shanahan called a timeout in overtime when the 49ers were on defense because he didn't like the call. He's the offensive coordinator. That doesn't happen anywhere else in the league. Do you think Andy Reid would ever overrule Steve Spagnola? in a defensive call, in a big game, let alone any game? Of course not. I mean, what are we talking about? When that happened, it was clear that this guy has no trust in the coach. Bill Belichick, Mike Shanahan, and Bill Belichick were very, very close when when Mike was coaching in the NFL, obviously with the Broncos and then even Washington. When Bill was forced to get rid of Jimmy G by Kraft because of Tom Brady, he called one person and one person only. And it was out of the blue. And he said, Kyle, this is Bill Belichick. Kyle's like, I know. We will give, you want Jimmy Garoppolo, second round pick. There's no negotiating. You got about an hour. Give me a call back. Because remember, a lot of other teams, the Browns, other teams, were he wasn't even fucking around. He called Kyle because he's a big fan of the Shanahan. Now, I'm not acting like Bill Belichick even wants to be a coordinator. He should have been the head coach in Atlanta. Anyone that acts like Bill Belichick has lost his fastball, He just needs a better quarterback. Now, part of that's on him. He needs to give up personnel control. But if you watch Bill Belichick's team this year, their offense sucked. Their defense was fucking awesome. Belichick knows what he's doing. But no one hires him. Now, you know where I stand, where I thought what he should do is go to Amazon, be the broadcaster. But hell, that that might go to like Jason Kelsey. It might not even be an option. Bill would be a waste in a studio show. I, I don't know about you. I don't watch any studio shows. Waste of my time. When the NFL, when games kick off 10 o'clock, that's, or 11 o'clock, or whatever time zone you're in, that's when I click it on. The Super Bowl, my girlfriend was like, let's watch the studio, the pregame show. I was like, nah, I just watch Waste Management, and when we get, the, the national anthem comes out, we'll turn on the Super Bowl. I, I, I despise pregame shows. I think they're such a waste. And I, I think Bill Belichick's way better than that. He's also been, hasn't missed an NFL training camp since 1975. It's 2024. 
I think if you're Kyle Shanahan, listen, Jed York runs in Silicon Valley circles. He'd give if Bill Belichick wanted one year, thirty-five million dollars to coach, he'd give it to him. Now, would Bill do it? I don't know, but one hundred percent, that's my first call. The second call is Mike Vrabel. Uh, now, again, like Bill Belichick, has a lot of money, does not need this job. Now, the difference of Vrabel and Belichick is next year. I think Vrabel is one hundred percent a lock to get a job, whether he does TV, whether he just takes the year off and kicks it. He will get a job next year. That will happen. I do wonder if he gets bored, though. These are not, these guys, I love golf. I can't play them more than like three days in a row. I get bored. And I just talk about football. Football junkies like being around football. And the one thing Kyle provides to guys like that, because again, they will open a checkbook. This ain't the fucking Chargers. They, if Kyle goes, hey, we can get Bill Belichick, $25 million for one year. They will cut the check. They operate. The budget ain't a problem. I mean, they had Jimmy Garoppolo making $25 million as a backup quarterback. So they don't mess around when it comes to financially. They're not going to worry about that. They don't pinch pennies. They have an unlimited amount of money. They are printing money with the 49ers. So you just make those two calls and you go, one, what would it cost to even get you interested? To me, that's the call. Those are the first two guys you call. I don't think Pete Carroll has any interest. But the difference is, like, I've watched Pete Carroll. Their defenses suck. Now, would you have to hire Pete Carroll if he was interested? I guess you run his scheme or elements of it. But, like, I, I would be more inclined. Obviously, I'd rather have Belichick than Pete Carroll to run my defense and Vrabel. And again, I'm not saying they're going to take the job. I'm just saying those are your first two calls. Because the 49ers are not in a spot. And this is why I don't think that if he was going to fire Steve Wilkes, he'd fire him blind. I think the moment Steve Wilkes was fired, he knew he had a good shot at guy X or Y. And I think this has been playing out for a while. Like, I think those calls to those guys have been happening while the 49ers were in the playoffs. That's Kyle's job. You're negligent if you're not constantly working on that stuff. So, listen, there, I, there could be some names. If he hires Brandon Staley, they're both represented by the same guy, Richmond Flowers. I will throw up in my mouth. And I, 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 will be, I will be gutted. I'm not saying it's in play, but it, <laughs> as long as they have an opening and there's connections, he's coached for McVay, that would make me fucking sick. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd want to just go, I don't even know. He, Andy Dufresne crawl through, you know, just the, the sewer, Brandon Staley. But as long as he's out there, I mean, I, I just don't think they can hire a guy with no experience. Now, I don't think Brandon Staley's experience equals anything of uh, value to me, but I, I know the way this league works. I know the way this world works. They're all kind of interconnected through an agency. Um, that, that definitely makes me nervous. Like I said, I, I opened this saying, Belichick or Vrabel, not thinking, I, I don't think he's going to get those guys. I'm just telling you he's going to call those guys first and say, what's your price point? Knowing that he'd only have them for a year. Because right now the 49ers are in Super Bowl bust mode. Period, point blank, end of story. Like that's just that's just where they are in their operation, and they've proven they get right there. They just can't get over the hump. So, no problem with the firing. One hundred percent the right move. Now it's about upgrading that position, and we'll see what Kyle can do. He's had a really good track record of hiring coaches. I mean, he just lost a bunch of guys. Anthony Lynn just went to the Commanders. Daryl Tapp just went to the Commanders. Clint Kubiak, uh, his you know just went to the to run the New Orleans. Offense. It's hard. I mean, they've, he's lost a lot of coaches over the years. But part of being a great coach is figuring out how to handle that. 
Andy Reid's done it for two decades. Lost a lot of coaches over the years. I'm just kept on humming. So a lot, lot of pressure on Kyle, a lot of pressure on the 49ers. This is, I, I don't know, depending on who you follow on the social media streets, like controversial, because it's not. Uh, th- this guy was gone, win or lose. I was thinking about this last night. I, I saw Shaquille O'Neal had his number retired in Orlando. And anyone my age who was kind of coming in their own as a sports fan right around 92, 93, I, I think it's hard to quantify how big a deal Shaq was. Like, relative to the NBA, there are only two guys in the NBA who, like, are on his level of fame, and that's LeBron and Steph Curry. He is infinitely more famous than every other guy in the league. Like, Kevin Durant is not half as famous or impactful or as important to the NBA as Shaquille O'Neal. Obviously, Jokic might win his third straight MVP. And one thing that kind of hit me, now the Warriors are kind of storming back, and listen, I, I, I'm someone, I don't watch Laker games, but I follow what they're doing. I mean, I hate them. And that emotion's powerful. Like, if you're in the entertainment business, either love you or hate you. Like, you want one of those two emotions. And I think the NBA would be in a dramatically better place, despite having Adam Silver, who I don't think knows what he's doing, despite having all these teams tanking, despite having players sitting out once a week, if you just had the Lakers and Warriors as the two best teams in the league. It wouldn't be where it was 10 years ago, but it would, it would be in a much healthier business place. We, we see when those two teams play, the ratings. I mean, they're huge. They're easily the two biggest brands right now in the NBA. Like, what about the Celtics? Well, I watched them play the Heat less than a month ago, and they got outrated by an SEC women's basketball game. No one watches the East. <laughs> I mean, I, I, this is not a biased opinion. I, I don't, you don't, no one does. But dynasties matter. And that's why part of like the Lakers and Warriors being like the ninth and eighth seed are a problem. Because you want your most famous players to also be on the best teams. Because that creates the most, like, you want the guy at the top of the mountain with the sword, like, come and fucking try to take this from me. And that's what the NFL has right now with Patrick Mahomes. They had it for a long time. Like, the NBA, when I was a kid, was so big because they had Michael Jordan. The top of that mountain with that sword just slaying dudes as they attempted to knock him off his perch. And right now, that's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. But the cool thing is, and listen, whether any of these guys are going to get him, we're all following their plight to see if they can. And to me, the number one guy who's going to have the chance because he's gone toe-to-toe with them so many times is Josh Allen. Like, is Josh Allen ever going to get it done? Lamar Jackson now has won multiple MVPs. Is he just going to become the James Harden of football? Or is he good enough? Is his team good enough to take down the Chiefs? Because we witnessed it a couple weeks ago. They definitely were not. And then you just go down the line. Like Joe Burrow, assuming he's healthy. Like I said earlier, that game he played against the 49ers this season, like that, that's as good of a football game as you can play. And we've seen him beat Mahomes. But like he's got to stay on the field and sustain this. So he's, like, he's not like kind of forgotten about. Because I bring up Lamar and Josh and even Herbert all the time. And you're like, what about Burrow? It's like, well, he's disappeared. But you, you, you got following all these guys' stories. And it's happened so often in, in the sports that I've loved over the years. Like in basketball, you're kind of invested back in the day of Patrick Ewing or Reggie Miller or Carl Malone or Charles Barkley. Like, could they take him down? I'm a huge golf guy. Now, I'd lean Tiger Woods. But it was always cool to watch guys chase him and try to knock him off and not be able to. Like that creates the emotion. That creates the hate. One reason the NFL, I think a huge reason for their success, dynasties really matter. And everyone chasing the Patriots 
for 20 plus years was important. I mean, it really was. It adds to the drama of this entire thing, which is essentially a television show. So e- even in the other conference, like it makes it like, hey, damn, could Jalen get back there? We've seen Jalen go toe-to-toe with him. Cowboys, if they could ever get over the hump, can you imagine the Dallas Cowboys against the Kansas City Chiefs? Brock Purdy and Kyle? So I, I think the NFL is in a very, very good space. And for the long-term health of the league, you could argue that the Chiefs winning that game and kind of cementing themselves as this little, you know, six, seven-year dynasty is very healthy because we, we know all the stories of the contenders. We've now been following all their careers for a while. Even Herbert, like getting Jim Harbaugh, they're going to go toe-to-toe twice a year. Promise you this, one or two of those games is going to be on Sunday night football or Monday night football or Thursday night football. Like the, those going to be Andy Reid, Jim Harbaugh, Herbert, Mahomes. Be a lot of eyeballs on those games. Like the networks are going to want that bad boy. So I, I, I'm, I root for dynasties. Like I, I root to root against someone. I've, I've had it happen in, in my life. When I was young, I loved the Sacramento Kings when I was in junior high and high school. And Sha- Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant and Phil Jackson used to make fun of Sacramento. Call us a little cow town. Like ringing the bells, you fucking losers. And in fairness, they always won. Now you could say it was rigged because of the mob back in Philadelphia with Tim Donaghy, but it happened. And uh, it, it was a powerful thing. A lot, everyone cared. We were all glued. So I, I'm, I'm just, I'm very fascinated to watch these guys try to take on this guy. And the other thing is, like Tiger Woods is back this weekend. Now part of the reason he's back, he's launch, launching a clothing line. It's his tournament. So it's not like he's just back purely because the love of the game. Obviously, he likes playing golf, but there are business interests involved in him playing this weekend. But, you know, when he plays and you have everyone gunning for him, it, it, it just helps add something to the product. And I, I think when, once you become like a mythological figure, like you can't be beat, Michael had it. Tiger had it. Even Brady ultimately had it, though he got beat some couple times in the Super Bowl. That's an element that you just maybe, you know, if you believe the sport's rigged, then technically you could just create it in a lab. But I don't believe that. So when you get that organically, it helps take your sport to another level. And then last but not least, this is a little, uh, little golf topic, but just an event topic in general. I didn't go to the waste management last week because I was in Vegas. And by the time I got home on Saturday afternoon, once we picked up the dog and came in the door, it was like 4.30 and I was so hungover, so tired. You couldn't have paid me to go to the grounds. And it was also freezing cold. When you promote, there's been a lot of controversy over the, that the event has kind of jumped the shark. And even players said that the things that are getting said, it's just outrageous. And my initial pushback always is like, guys, this is what the money's for. Like, just shut the fuck up and, and hit the ball. Like, you guys are all getting paid an astronomical amount of money that, based on the television ratings, do not equate to what you're making. And then you start hearing some of the players talk about it kind of candidly from like, listen, I, I love this event. I, I plan on coming back. But just screaming in guys' backswing, saying just constantly mean stuff. Like, you kind of got to draw the line somewhere. And I remember when I was doing radio in the Bay Area, Right before the 49ers built the new stadium and there was Candlestick and the Coliseum where the Niners and the Raiders played, they basically stopped doing preseason games, which make all the sense in the world when their two teams are 20 minutes away from each other to play each other in the preseason. 
but it got so violent and so unsafe that it was like, this isn't worth it anymore. So now, you know, the 49ers are like playing the Packers and Minnesota in the preseason instead of just playing the team, you know, across the bay because someone might get killed. I mean, seriously. So once you get to a point, and it wasn't because the teams were promoting violence or like, hey, come to this preseason game and beat the shit out of the other team's fans. It was like everyone just kind of knew. And there's an element, preseason games are cheaper. A lot of people are drinking at these games. You're kind of going, there's a percentage of people going there looking for someone that I hope you would say something. And they just kind of exit out. And they, they stopped it. Now they played again this year, but you know they're in Vegas. It's, it's a different crowd. Once you promote something, and let's face it, when alcohol is one of the driving forces, and I'm pro-alcohol. I, I'm borderline, I'm a bit, I, I don't normally drink, I'm a binge drinker. Like when I drink, I typically drink a lot or I don't drink at all. I'm not one of those guys like cocktail a night. I can go two weeks without touching alcohol and then have a weekend where it's like I had way too much. So everyone's different. But when you promote an event like the Waste Management does, that is a binge drinking event and celebrate it and the PGA Tour does as well, like this is kind of what you get. Forever Las Vegas was this place, and I guess it still is, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I think New Orleans is a lot like that. And I would say Miami has some of that vibes. Like when you go there, you kind of do whatever you want. It doesn't count. Married, whatever you do, it's like just you leave, stays in Vegas, no one knows. I'd argue Vegas is so corporate now and these casinos are so buttoned up. Like you really can't fuck around in the casino. Right, you will get tossed out. You can't be like throwing drinks around, starting fights. Like that's not allowed. I guess in New Orleans or Miami a little bit. But one thing I think Scottsdale, and it's always had this vibe, but I think definitely for people on the West Coast, in 2020, if you lived in California, you were completely locked down, you couldn't do shit. Arizona was not like that. I spent like two weeks, then it was rocking and rolling. It's one of the reasons when I came here in the summer of 2020, I'm like, God, these fucking people are just living normally. I'm coming here. I already liked it before, but that was the tipping point. I'm like, wait, this is, we got the same air going. These people are completely living normal. I can't leave my house. All my friends that run businesses are closed down. I'm out. I'm coming here. That's right when I knew. When I I came here for a golf trip, Memorial Day weekend, or President's Day weekend, or one of those weekends, whatever the summer one is. And I was like, this is incredible. And I think this place, like I said, it's always been that. But I think the last four or five years and talking to people around here, has really amplified becoming like a Vegas of what happens in Scottsdale stays in Scottsdale. It's become a big party town. It's Like I said, always been a big party town. I think it's gone to another level. And especially with West Coast people, when you factor in what happened four or five years ago with everything that was happening in California, Oregon, and Washington, they, they treated the state a lot differently than this place, which is, I'm, I'm glad. But now that everything is normal, I don't think it stopped here at all. So you're getting a crowd that is coming here for ready for full debauchery, which I'm pro that. But when you the differences of a football game or a basketball game, if you're getting super wasted, you are in a seat. And a golf tournament, you know, unless you're in a suite, is a little different. You're kind of on your feet. You're kind of walking around. And this was bound to have something bad happen. Listen, I don't have children. But if I did, would I feel safe taking them to a football game? And my answer would be, depends where we're sitting. Would I sit in the top bowl 
of you know certain teams, no chance. Would I sit in the lower bowl or a suite? 100%. So listen, once your event becomes where you have to question, could I take my son to this? You got a problem. And I, I think waste management just kind of has to figure that out. It's hard because once you get the perception of like, come to Coachella, <laughs> right? You're not going there to drink lemonade. You're going there to get wasted in some form or fashion. And everyone knows it. And that's what it's taken on. The, the, the documentary about 99 Woodstock. What did everyone go there for? Not to stay sober and listen to the tunes. So you get to a point where you either draw a line in the sand, and it's hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube, but I think they can do it. You just, you just got to create a little different perception. Like, this is not going to be tolerated. And I, I think it's hard because everyone is coming, and I know so many people. They're like, yeah, I'm coming with my three boys. Not like actual kids. They're boys from college that they work with, and we plan on getting wasted, which I'm all for. <laughs> do it a lot. But I think a lot of people, unlike me, when you start seeing fights, I've always, whenever I see fights at a football game or fights, like there were a bunch of fights at the waste management, my first response is like, these guys are complete losers. But like, this is also a business problem. Like, you don't want that to be the case because you want your high end consumer, the guy bringing their son, even if it might, hey, he might not even have that much money, he might be extending himself to feel good about the experience because word of mouth matters. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. 
So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, Middlecoff mailbag time. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram. DMs wide open, fire in them. You guys know the drill. Let's try to fire through as many of these as we can. From Isaiah. Any thoughts on the staff being put together in Washington? Well, I, I saw today that they hired Anthony Lynn as their run game coordinator. He's coming from San Francisco with uh, Daryl Tapp as well. I, I think Anthony Lynn is a fantastic assistant coach. He's, an, he's a fantastic guy to have on your staff. Didn't like him as a head coach, but we've talked about this over and over just because you're not a great head coach does not mean you're not a good coach. So that's a good hire. Daryl Tapp, a guy that when I was with the Eagles was one of our defensive linemen. Jim Washburn loved him. Uh, I I always, uh, you know, as a player, he's just a solid player, but clearly he's been with the 49ers for a while now. You know, anytime you get an assistant coach who's like an assistant line coach, an assistant O-line coach, an assistant linebacker coach, for years, who's part of somewhere successful, especially a guy who's a former player, um, like that's that's a solid hire. Obviously, Dan Quinn, we've talked about before. The key with that hire in, in Washington, they're not trying to win the Super Bowl the next couple of years. They're just trying to be credible. They're trying to have back-to-back nine or ten win seasons and be in the wild card mix. So w- when you looked at the landscape, when, once the Ben Johnson thing kind of unraveled, I, I can't hate it. I just don't know there are other options. So, yeah, I, I like what they're doing. I'm obviously a big believer in Adam Peters. I think you guys got a stud general manager. Listen, your owner, now it's a completely different industry because it's a different sport, but has a proven track record of hiring guys who have had experience. Now, basketball is different. If you have Joel Embiid, you're guaranteed to not suck. Football is hard. You know, regardless of who they end up picking with the number two pick, whatever quarterback they choose, there's no guarantee that guy's going to be any good. Zero. It's a hard part about the sport. And when the video comes out of them drafting Drake May or Jaden Daniels or whoever they pick, Bo Nix, the celebration in that draft room is going to be ecstatic. And then a couple years later, we'll judge, right? Because there is never a draft room where you make a pick, especially high, where the room is not really happy. So it's, it's going to come down to me on the coaching staff, whether they get the quarterback right. And that does not mean they need to find Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or even you know Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts. 
just get a solid guy. If you just get a solid quarterback, you can build a franchise around them and be competitive. Andy Reid's tenure in Kansas City started with Alex Smith. He did not have Patrick Mahomes. So they would die for Alex Smith. Hell, they had him, and he was playing good until the leg injury happened. I'm a huge Niner fan. Just curious if you think their window is closed somewhat following this loss. Obviously, it's tough to predict these things, but you imagine having an aging squad and suffering three straight tough losses. I still think the majority of their core guys are still under 30, right? Debo, Fred, Bosa. Trent is old, but he still plays at a high level. Ayuk, they plan on keeping. Hufunga will be back from injury. Ward is still really good at corner. The Dre Greenlaw Achilles really hurts. Because I I think, realistically, you have to look at this year like he's not going to be around. But that's football. And anytime, you know, you're not guaranteed shit the next year. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl, and this year was a struggle for them. Now, their trump card always is their quarterback. And obviously, they still have Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. But those guys are getting up there in age. If you have a great coach and you have a great culture, now the 49ers, you know, Brock Purdy's going to have to prove to do this over and over and over again, but he doesn't make any money. So if Brock Purdy is just a solid quarterback, given the flexibility you have with his contract, you have room to make moves. And one thing that was pretty evident in the Super Bowl, the reality with the 49ers is they went two years without having a first round pick. And it showed in that game. We, we talked about it earlier this week that you know the Chiefs had higher-end young talent because they drafted McDuffie two years ago. They drafted Karlovskis. Having some high picks helps you hit on impact starters who don't make much money. Spags gets an extension. What is he making a year for turning Andy's team into a defensive juggernaut? I would say anything less than like $5 million would be underpaid. To me, Andy Reid's a $25 million head coach. And Spag's a $5 million coordinator. Now, I don't know how much they actually make, but like that's the value of those two guys. What number could I tell you like Andy Reid was making that you would feel he's underpaid? Beside a couple of the high-end quarterbacks, how many players in the NFL are worth more than Andy Reid? If you paid Andy Reid 35, it's not a salary cap position, so who cares? He's worth a lot. Spag's is worth a lot. And now the Chiefs are worth a lot because they're winning a lot of Super Bowls. I heard in a recent vid you were going to go to the combine. I live in Indy and have my whole life. If you're looking to have an expensive dinner, you know, I've been there three or four times in my life now. Check out the Eagle's Nest, otherwise known as the restaurant that rotates. Everything on the menu is great and is the best restaurant in the city. I'm going to write that down. Eagle's Nest. Question for the mailbag, or if you just want to answer. Is there any chance the Niners try to team up the Bosa brothers and go for Joey? No. One, he makes too much money. Two, if you're the Chargers, you've paid him all this money, and he is a high-end player. Even though he's injured a lot, I think you would still just keep. So I wouldn't expect Bosa to be on another team. I think Joey Bosa is going to be on the Chargers next year. Khalil Mack now? That's another story. Colin had this random thought, this from River. He threw out on his show years ago, not a topic or anything, but just a statement he made in response to something else. He said he thought NFL teams should be allowed one player that doesn't count against the cap. Now, I'm sure he was talking about quarterbacks, but my twist would be, 
Could any player or any position, the money to pay them would come out of the ad TV money that they get every year, which is over $400 million. The drawback to ensure teams don't just do it willy-nilly is that their player turns out to be not worth it and they decide to cut them or trade them. The entirety of the salary is guaranteed if they cut them and 75% if he's traded. So it's not going to kill the rest of your team, but you're going to have to use other money to cover your mistake. Obviously, teams with quarterbacks or generational talents would use this, but it would help the best teams keep their good teams intact. Your thoughts? I would say how many... Here's the thing about the NFL. How many teams that have a star player ever lose them that want to keep them? Never happens. The Packers, who don't have an owner, had 30-plus years of Favre and Rodgers. Every team that has a star player, if they want to keep that player, keeps that player. How many all-time great players don't get a second contract with their team? It's very, very rare. When Khalil Mack was traded from the Raiders, it was unheard of. I think it was the first time a multiple-time All-Pro had been traded before like his fifth year. So that's never going to happen. I, I think it's fair to say. So I, I hear what you're saying, but it's just, it's for whatever reason, it's just not going to happen. So I, I'm not going to spend much time on it. I think in, all, in basketball and, and football, you should have someone you draft. If, if I draft Steph Curry, Nick Bosa, whoever, TJ Watt, you, you, you go through the teams. And I want to keep that player on Lane Johnson. And he's like my cornerstone player. It could be a quarterback. It could be any position, like you said. That would be an incredible mechanism that you get the benefit of drafting and developing. To me, it should be a player you draft. Like the 49ers shouldn't be able to use it on Trent Williams. right? But if they wanted to use it on Nick Bosa, they should be able to. If the Rams want to use it on Aaron Donald, they should be able to. They get credit for making that move. I got a question regarding my team, the Arizona Cardinals. Is there hope or any reason for optimism for this coming season? Kyler is back. Hopefully we grab Harrison Jr. and we play hard. Still feels like we're two or three defensive stoppers away from being competitive. I love your thoughts. I think they got a pretty long way to go. I, I, I think they are more than just a player or two away. So I would say, I hear what you're saying. But I think you're probably two drafts away from being competitive as a playoff team. Kyler showed a lot of life, though, last year. The talent on your offense is pretty shitty. So hitting on a wide receiver, but let's face it, like most wide receivers aren't catching 90 balls as a rookie. Like what Puka did is not normal. So I, I would say this draft, if you can get back to like seven, eight wins, but look really competitive, and then the following year, should be, like in 2025, we start talking about a potential playoff team. I agreed with you all year when you said Wilkes wasn't quite as good as Ryan's or Sala. But in the Super Bowl, his defense held the Chiefs to three points in the first half. Then only gave up a touchdown in regulation when his defense was forced to go back out on the field after a punt hit off the dude's foot and McLeod didn't fall in. I thought he called a masterful game on those things alone. I think the offense, the 49ers offense needed one more field goal drive or even just one more first down on the last drive and they win the game. And if that's the case, I think Wilkes is a big reason as any of the 49ers, a big reason as for the 49ers winning the Super Bowl. Listen, 
the 49ers offense had issues in that game. But you're not firing Kyle Shanahan. Christian McCaffrey fumbled. You're not firing Christian McCaffrey. It wasn't just that game, which in the biggest spots, he got smoked. The Chiefs offense isn't that good. They had scored 17 points the previous week. This isn't, now they were playing the Ravens, but this isn't super dynamic 35-point-a-game offense. This is a team that won a lot of games scoring 19 points. So when you're in these big spots with the game on the line, and you have, how many third and fives, third and sixes, did they get with ease with the game on the line? No one, as someone that does this for a living, I watch a lot of football on Sunday, right? From the start, when games kick off at 11, till the last game ends. We don't talk that much about first halves. I like, I enjoy watching them, but the majority of the story for a game that we talk about as fans, as podcasters, even as coaches, come down to the second half. Because the overwhelming majority of games, I think like well over 80%, are a one-score game going in the fourth quarter. So schematically adjusting, making sure you get big spots is a huge part of any coach's job. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young 
was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, from Buckets. Question. Seattle hired Mike Mack. Now, Ryan Grubb. How do you feel about the hires? We drafted a quarterback. Outlook for the franchise positive. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like to hire. Get a guy that I knew someone on the Ravens staff. They called him Boy Genius. So, listen, it's risky hiring young people, right, in any industry, especially in football when a guy's just been a coordinator. You have no clue. It's kind of like the draft. Obviously, on paper, he looks fantastic. Worked in Michigan, kicked ass. Worked with the Ravens, kicked ass. I watched his press conference. I wouldn't call him stiff, but he's not. He didn't feel like Mr. Personality, but maybe that was just small sample size. Uh, Like to hire a lot. I mean, I, I think it's pretty good. Here's the thing, though. You know, the, he's going up against Shanahan and McVay now as the head coach. He's no longer just the defensive coordinator. The other thing, I, I'm pro Ryan Grubb. I mean, if you couldn't watch him in college and not think, this guy's fucking unbelievable. He has never worked in the NFL. So it's, it's a calculated risk. It, it is. I, I like taking calculated risks. I'm all for it. But tough division. You know, the the Rams are coming. The 49ers are really good. Conference isn't as strong, but it's a good job. A lot of pieces. A lot of pieces on offense for Grubb. I do think you'll draft a quarterback. I kind of expect you to trade up and get a quarterback, but you never know. I thought they'd take Anthony Richardson last year, trade up and try to be aggressive, and then they just sat and they took Witherspoon. Maybe they would have taken Richardson if he would have fell to five. I know there have been a lot of reports over the years, but you, you never really know after the fact. But Witherspoon's a stud. We we saw what McDonald did with uh, Kyle Hamilton, so I, I wouldn't expect that to stop now. Okay, Alex. Could finally stomach the idea of Super Bowl content 48 hours after. Just caught the first hour of your instant reaction with Colin. When he essentially says something along the lines of, the tape is out on Purdy, oh, the best way to get to him is pressure. He does get that Purdy led the league in QBR versus pressure, no. I believe he is specifically referring to the third down late in the fourth quarter and the third down in overtime when the 49ers that the 49ers didn't convert on, both of which included missed blocks, leaving him essentially one-on-one with a pass rusher. Not sure those qualifies as examples supporting the blanket statement Colin is making. This is not a pretty argument, although impressive stuff, one and a half years in, just seems like Colin is making a blanket statement because of two, two specific plays. Maybe I was misunderstanding a statement. Yeah, I can't speak for Colin. Here's what I know. When you block up pressure on Purdy and he has a little time, he's proven to be really good. But one thing I I think he's going to struggle or he has struggled with, he can make plays with his legs. 
But because of his height limitation, when they blitzed him sometimes, and a lot of the blitzes that hit home were because no one was blocked or an oncoming rusher was coming and he had to get rid of the ball fast, it is where his height limitations limit his ability to see stuff, which is always going to be an issue. Patrick Mahomes, you're playing a magician who no matter where you brought pressure, he knew exactly where to go. Purdy can get rattled a little bit, regardless of the stats, when you start hitting him like any quarterback. And physically, he's just not tall enough to see and throw it into pressure because he's a smaller guy. I put this less on Purdy and more on Kyle. Get him moving. If they're bringing people and you can't block Chris Jones, use the guy's athleticism. What did Andy do with the game on the line? Got Mahomes moving. Why? Mahomes is a good athlete. Purdy's not Peyton Manning. And sometimes Kyle played him like that in that specific game when they, were, they couldn't fucking block these guys. So get him on the move. Some of Purdy's best plays in that game. Moving around as an athlete. Do I think Purdy is like going to sit in the pocket like Phillip Rivers? It's, it's harder for him when he's getting hit because of his size and it's hard for him to see. From Eugene, Oregon. Love three and out and go low. Keep up the good work. My question that I feel like no one has really talked about other than Romo mentioning it during the game comes from the defensive strategy in both the final drive of the Niners in the fourth quarter and honestly, even the last overtime drive as well. Why were the 49ers playing so soft letting Kansas City get the yards and get a field goal late? I see it all the time in the regular season. I kind of get it, but this is the freaking Super Bowl. I'm not saying they should blitz the house, clearly, because Kyle would call timeouts. But the D-line was just playing so well, why not just run normal base defense that was working of having the backers and other guys play eight-yard back? The Chiefs not only got into field goal range in a short amount of time using one field goal, but also Kansas City had the potential to score. I totally agree. I Prevent defense fucking stupid when your defense is playing well. Prevent defense with 20 seconds left and they're at the 20-yard line, they don't have any timeouts. Totally get it. When you got to go the whole length of the field, and you got Patrick Mahomes, and you're playing off and just killing grass, you know, it's just that seven yards back, three yards over, get to my spot. That, that is so dumb. You're going up against the greatest offensive coach since Bill Walsh and one of the great quarterbacks we've ever seen, and you're just going to play prevent defense? They, they worked right down the field. Totally with you. I I hated it. Probably why the guy doesn't have a job. I mean, seriously. It it was... You you basically were just giving them the field goal. And because of the team you're playing, even with their offensive limitations, like, guys, they might walk off touchdown. A walk-off touchdown in regulation, to me, would have been 10 times worse than in overtime. And it was bad in overtime. It was really bad. But in regulation, that would have been the worst loss I've ever seen. Everyone's angry that the Niners lost, including myself. People want to point fingers, and that's fine. However, you just did a video about Shanahan and how you believe in him. I do as well. But I have two questions. Why has nobody ever really made it a point to really point out how bad the O-line is? I think we talk about the O-line all the time. They have Trent Williams, who's one of the greatest tackles of all time and then a bunch of replaceable pieces. I, I think that's pretty well discussed. I, I think that's a point of conversation around the 49ers at all times. Now, it's hard. You, you invest, and this is where it gets back to, they didn't have the draft picks. 
I would guess over the last couple of years, what would they have used one of those first round draft picks on? Probably an offensive lineman. But you trade for Trey Lance. Like the trade for Trey Lance wasn't just missing on Trey Lance. It was the cost to acquire him. It was two other first round picks that they could have drafted a center, drafted a guard, drafted a tackle. They didn't have the fucking ammunition. It was really a double whammy. At least with Christian McCaffrey, you trade a second, a third, and a fourth, which is a lot of draft capital. You get Christian McCaffrey. Howie Roseman said this a couple years ago. Every team has the same amount of equity, or, you know, uh, capital. Excuse me, capital. Not, a, not every team has the same amount of equity, obviously. Different teams valued at different numbers. But every team has the same amount of draft capital and money. You just choose how to invest it. Every team, if you started at scratch, has a first-round pick, a second-round pick, a third. Teams trade it. Teams trade back. Teams, you know, have the same amount of salary cap space. You just determine how you want to invest it. And the 49ers made a move, and it was a devastating move. That luckily, you know, the football gods gave them Purdy as a bailout. But missing those two first-round picks has an impact. Like, McDuffie just didn't come out of the sky. And Karlovskis, that's the Miami trade. I think McDuffie was the Miami draft pick. Karlovskis was the Chiefs. But that matters. How the F did Stucky call overtime? (laughs) He just said that his guy had just saw an inefficiency. Right, it's just when you get an awe, when you get a number that's a little off, you're like, like Cam Young finished really high at Riviera two years ago. He's playing well right now. He's a Ryder Cupper. He's legit. He's thirty five to one right now. Like those odds are out of whack. He should be like twenty two to one. So what did I do? Put a hundred dollars on. It's you don't know it's going to hit. You just see value, and that's what I think Stucky's guy saw value. I started podcasting 10 months ago and followed your advice on consistency. I've been diligent, putting out one episode per week and four short-form videos. While my usual podcast topics from real estate sales, entrepreneurship, to hobbies like snowboarding and paintballing. Paintballer. I used to play a little paintball back in high school. Had a spider. Those guns were sweet. A few weeks ago, I ventured into sports content with my first ever episode, which performed exceptionally well. Across various platforms and content types, I'm averaging around 150,000 views per month. Proud, but not satisfied. My ultimate goal is to make podcasting my full-time job because I love being a content creator. So here are my questions. Should I focus solely on creating sports content and stop making content about random stuff? Should I reach out to companies for podcast sponsorship now to make it my main source of income, offsetting my W-2 Or should I focus on growing my following more before pursuing sponsorship partnership opportunities? Just for context, I'm 30, recently married, working at a Fortune 500, in sales, making almost 200K. Guy's fucking crushing. I enjoy my 9 to 5 with my wife, and I own five rental properties. Holy shit. My man's crushing. My advice would simply be this. I would not give up your W-2 job until you start getting a steady stream coming from this. You're, you're making too much money to just quit cold turkey if you can keep putting in time and doing this on the side. It's actually the best way to start a future gig. 
is to have a gig that's making money. You can work on the side and build it up. My advice with anything with content creation or videos or podcasts, whatever works and resonates, like ultimately, I like talking about this, but if no one listens, who cares? I talk about football because it it works, right? So whatever's working for you, do the majority of that. I understand that golf content isn't one one hundredth of the power of football, but I love it. I know there is an audience and I enjoy it, but I would be stupid to flip it around and do five to one ratio golf to football, right? So I, I know it's why we do majority of football content here. So when something works, double and triple down on it. It doesn't mean you can't still do, if you like doing podcasts on snowboarding or paintballing or real estate, you own five real estate properties. You bring value talking about it to people. Hell, how many people that are interested in like, God, I want to get something to rent out. You can talk about it. The positives, the negatives, the costs, the benefits, how, how to find tenants, how to find management companies. Do you manage it? Like, it's interesting. But if it's not really working, ride what's working. And then just continue to kind of do that on the side in terms of your pie chart of what you're talking about. Do the majority of that pie chart on what is getting traction. And then from there, just try to build up and see where it goes. That that, that would be my advice. Because if you spend a lot of time doing stuff that's not working, the, the best part about this world that we live in you can change at a moment's notice. If something works, double down. If it's working for a while and then stops working, try something else. You, you can be very fluid. Do you think it makes more sense? So, Congrats on your life, though. You sound like you're crushing it. I definitely was not doing that well at 30 years old. I promise you that. Do you think it makes more sense for the Chiefs to go after a big-time wide receiver in free agency or stick with building wide receiver depth? Wide receiver depth has been an issue the last two seasons since the Tyreek Hill trade. However, it seems that Veach may hit the jackpot with Rice and was a second-round pick last year. Curious your thoughts. Well, the best wide receiving crew the Patriots ever had, they never won a Super Bowl. They had arguably the second-best receiver of all time and one of the great NFL players ever and lost in the Super Bowl. So just because you have a great wide receiver, does, and they had Welker who was easily one of the great slot receivers and one of the most productive receivers we've ever seen in his, in his peak. So it doesn't guarantee you anything. Look at the Colts all those years of having sweet wide receivers. It's not like they won four Super Bowls. What I would imagine Andy's going to do is they're going to keep investing in the offensive and defensive lines. And, you know, if Rice takes a step, draft another wide receiver in the second round, and just keep trying to build that way. Sign a tight end. Where I think they're going to benefit is because of their situation, guys are going to want to be a part of the Chiefs. So players are, you know, I, I think, maybe I'm wrong, going to want to take a little less to be part of the operation that's working. That's what I would imagine is going to happen. That they can get, I just keep saying this name, I haven't even looked at the free agent options. But Mike Evans, could they get him a little cheaper because he wants to play with Patrick? Would he sign a one-year deal? I don't know. I mean, he's going to have options. He was really good. I, but you know what I'm talking about. I've heard the suggestion of making the Monday after the Super Bowl into a national holiday. 
Another option would be to play the game on Saturday rather than Sunday. Sunday's a better TV day. So the, the reason Sunday Night Football is the number one show in America is just think about it. The overwhelming majority of people are home. Friday night and Saturday night are not great TV nights. Now, I, I'm home a lot, but th- there's a reason that if you put football games on the same football game on Saturday night and the same football game on Sunday night, more people are going to watch on Sunday night. So, listen, to make a, something a national holiday, I, I never expect that to happen, though it should, that'd be awesome. Even though I, I never really drink during Super Bowls, except the one I went to when I got pretty wasted. Uh, but don't, I don't never expect that, that day to be a national holiday. That's something a lot of people in sports media and sports fans say. Uh, but it's, ne- it's never happening on, on Saturday night, ever. No chance. It would take like a natural disaster or something. But even then, like, the game is always going to be scheduled on Sunday. I guess the only way possible, if there was a new stadium and it's outdoors and like a hurricane was going to hit, I guess it could happen in Miami, and if the hurricane was going to hit Sunday, obviously it's not really hurricane season, but you know what I mean. What are your thoughts about Harbaugh's staff? Minter and Roman, plus the linebacker, he coached for the 49ers. Navarro Bowman, for like a two-year stretch, is one of the best players I've ever seen. Now, his short his career in the peak was very short-lived. He had an awful injury against Seattle, where he basically had his knee snapped. But I'm telling you, Navarro Bowman in his prime, elite. So very, very cool that he's added Navarro to his coaching staff. Uh, Minter, you know, I mean, Michigan just shattered a record. The Joe Burrow LSU National Championship team sent 16 guys to the NFL Combine, which is insanity. This Michigan team has 18 guys going. They're sending six offensive linemen. They have nine offensive and defensive linemen going. Obviously, Blake and JJ, some DBs. Six offensive linemen going to the combine? That's insane. So, whoever Harbaugh's going to hire, I would have faith. Everyone's like, Greg Roman, he sucks. Well, he sure won a lot of games with Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco the first time. Sure had some success with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. No one's acting like he's Bill Walsh, but let's not act like the guy's the village idiot. So, I think the Chargers are going to be good. Do you post your golf picks? Yeah, I post them on, uh, I, I have an Instagram account that's just GoLowPod. I post them there. I post them on my own Instagram account. Uh, they're posted right now. I'm a New Englander, so I obviously rooted for the Pats. And I'm juxtaposing the Pats dynasty versus the Chiefs dynasty. And what led the Pats to fall was Belichick's ego. As the Bible says, pride cometh before destruction. He had to have complete control. I, I, the one thing I'd push back, he always had complete control. And, led, and that was like part of their success. And led him to being the worst GM in the NFL. Drafting busts like Nikhil Harry, Cyrus Jones, Isaiah Wynn. He literally traded down to take Cole Strange. And the Chiefs used that draft pick to take Trent McDuffie. The Chiefs have a great thing going with Andy Reid. And Colin plays a great DC in Steve Spagnola, who will never be a head coach. And an elite GM in Brett, who drafts great players. Instead of Andy taking control and his egomaniac like Belichick. It worked for a long time with Bill. It, it really did. Bill's ultimate downfall 
Obviously, as a GM, he was very hit or miss. And one of Andy's great strengths is when he left Philly to go to uh, Kansas City, he said, I don't want to be the GM anymore. So you deserve credit there. But it wasn't until they got Patrick Mahomes that they started winning. I, I think they only won one playoff game with Alex. Now, they were really good. They were winning 11, 12, 10 games every year, going to the playoffs all the time. But you need a great quarterback. And once you get the great quarterback, like you're, you're going to have some whiffs too. Bill's ultimate downfall, if they, had a, if they had Tom Brady this year at 46, they'd probably win eight, nine games. He told Tom Brady, we don't want you anymore. Like, that was it. It wasn't, it wasn't all the draft busts. He had draft busts in 2006 and 2010 and 2013. It was Tom. His decision on Tom Brady, which, let's face it, how many coaches and GMs in the history of the league would have been like, this is kind of crazy. He's 42 years old. Now, the thing is, like, Billy wasn't even making much money. He didn't want $40 million a year. So, to me, the number one thing to get down on Belichick isn't Nikhil Harry and some of these Cole Stranges. Every coach and GM have had those. Brett Veach has missed on guys. It happens. It was the Tom Brady decision. And when you make the wrong quarterback decision, especially with the greatest quarterback of all time, you're going to get fucked in some way, some form or fashion, especially when you have no backup plan. When he told Tom to kick rocks, they didn't have a quarterback on the roster. They had to sign Cam Newton that year over the summer. And the following year, they had to draft Mac Jones. So that ultimately was Bill's downfall. But I, I, I agree. One of Andy's great strengths in Kansas City has been putting his ego to the side and letting guys help him out. And, and that was an element to Bill when it came to Tom that he could not get out of his own way. The Volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.